Hello friend, welcome back to Mike the Mike. So I had begun writing the script for this episode some time ago, and if you recall back to my How I Stream episode, in which I shared my thoughts and preferences on listening to digital music, I'd actually planned this as a sort of follow-up to that episode. But I had other ideas which kept popping up, topics which I wanted to prioritize, and so this was left on the back burner. But I'm glad that it was, because with the passing of time, uh, things have changed, and my thoughts and relationships to this topic have changed as well. So I suppose if I had followed my original plan and released this back when I then, I probably would have been uh, looking at a part two of this episode, uh, but now I have the opportunity to talk about it and include it here in this discussion. But since I am uh, part of a part of the variable human race, and I do, or at least I hope, uh, that I grow and change with the passing of time there could still very well be a part two. But for now, uh, in this moment, I'm happy to share my current held biases with you. <laughs> and so at this time, I want to talk about physical music listening. Although there are more formats out there than what I'll be mentioning, I'm only going to share with you the mediums which I have experience with, uh, those being vinyl records, cassette tapes, and compact discs, uh, you know, as CDs. In my discussion on streaming services, I had mentioned that early on with the advent of iTunes, I could select and purchase individual songs. I could cherry pick what I liked and create my own mixes and playlists. With that, there was a there was no incentive to sit and listen through any you know full album. On any given album, I would have songs that I loved and those which I didn't really like. It made more sense and seemed most cost effective not to waste money on you know duds and instead to only pick out those gems that I really loved. And that was great, but I feel like there was a decline in my interest in listening to full albums. The, you know, That's one way of listening to music, and that's perfectly fine, but uh, that's not the only way. I think there's something about listening through an album from start to finish that can cause songs to grow on you. Songs that you overlooked before can become new favorites. I believe I've regained more appreciation for albums with time, and as I have discovered more artists I truly love. Uh, but I believe with vinyl records also, you know, played a role in getting me back into albums as well. So let's start there. Now, when I talk about vinyl records, I'll use those two words interchangeably. Sometimes I'll say vinyl, sometimes I'll say record, even LP, which stands for long play, but I'm talking about the same thing. Now, how did I get into vinyl? Uh, you might ask uh, what drew me to it. The, the first thing that intrigued me uh, most about vinyl is its size. It isn't uh, just big, it's it's large, it's making a statement. It, it wants to be seen, it wants to be displayed. I say that uh, this is the way that album art is meant to be viewed. Half the fun of browsing record stores, at least for me, is to see my favorite cover art blown up at 12 by 12 size. We're so accustomed to seeing the little album thumbnails on our screens that you can't possibly view and, and fully appreciate the album art in all its detail. As a visual artist myself, I, I love this about records, uh, but size also comes at a price. Uh, I mean that in more way than one. Uh, but for now, uh, speaking literally, records take up a lot of real estate. Sure, one record is no big deal, but who are you kidding? You're not just going to own one record, you're going to buy the limited edition 10th anniversary 3LP release of High Violet by The National. And then you see how the quantity really adds up. It's it's heavy and you want to store it upright on the spine the same way you would store a book on a shelf. Uh, which brings me to my next point. You want to treat your records with care and respect. 
So you can't just shove them into your closet. You want to be storing them properly, as I mentioned, in, in a place where you know the, the temperature is stable. So don't go putting them in your attic or basement either. But this isn't an episode on taking care of records. I'm just making a point here. Uh, this format requires care and consideration from storage to handling the record itself. And that way it's a bit high maintenance. Is it any wonder that folks uh, ditch this format for something newer and more portable? Well, it certainly makes sense that there were developments made and I'm happy for it. Clearly, vinyl does have its drawbacks. However, let me say here before I go any further that I don't listen to and dump money into physical formats for the highest quality listening experience possible, at least not in the objective sense. Now, if that were the case, quality digital audio played through a solid pair of speakers would be more, you know, the more obvious logical choice. It's much cheaper, uh, easier to store, and it's a consistent listening experience. You hit play and you know it's going to sound the same each and every time. Physical music then, to me, is all about the experience. Owning a tangible piece of the music that you're able to handle and put into a player. And in the case of vinyl, it, it does have a different sound. Many have described it as a warmer sound, but I've learned that not all records are created equal. And as a result, the sound can vary greatly. There are many factors which go into the making of the record, you know, a high quality record, uh, such as the source of the recording, how it's mastered, as well as the material and machinery that goes into cutting the music onto the vinyl. And all of that makes a difference. This is why, you know, you could have an old record or an original pressing sound better than a new record. Seems strange, right? But this happens. Unfortunately, the quality control just isn't there. I found that it can be a little bit of a guessing game when it comes to buying vinyl. You don't know how it's going to sound until you drop the needle. When it sounds good, it sounds really good. Uh, none of those crackling and pop noises that you're likely think of uh, from movies. A quality record doesn't sound like that. However, I've received new records that I paid a pretty penny for uh, that have all that surface noise, and that's really pretty disappointing. That should be present unless it's a used record which is old and dusty, although I will say that a little bit of surface noise can be a part of the experience as well, because that crackling pop sound is so iconic for movies, and it can be really nice to listen to an old record and have that authentic sound, as I affectionately call it. Vinyl has endured through the years and is still going strong, and I think that really says something. In fact, vinyl sales have outpaced CD sales in the United States for the first time since 1980s. In one CNN uh, business article, it reported that since 2005, sales for vinyl have grown consistently. In the first half of 2020, vinyl revenue was up 4%, while CD revenue was down uh, 48% according to the RIAA. So vinyl isn't just some outdated archaic format, nor is it simply a fad. I imagine that vinyl will continue on for many years to come, even as sales ebb and flow. Now, speaking of CDs, let's talk about that next. CDs seem to be the most uh, prevalent and popularized format. Speaking from personal experience, if you're looking to buy a physical copy of any album, the odds are most likely that you'll be able to buy it on a CD. And it makes sense. It's a very reliable format. Uh, no real inconsistency in quality there, at least not in my, not to my knowledge. I believe that's at least partly due to the fact that it is a digital format as opposed to an analog, uh, such as vinyl and tape. Now I'm no engineer, nor am I a 
tech guy, but as I understand it, you've got uh, your your spinning disk and a laser which reads the digital information. It's all ones and zeros, and it's going to read the exact same information the exact same way every time. Sure, if you get bad enough scratches, the CD you have you know is going to have some problems, but you know generally I you know that's easy enough to avoid. And some light scratches uh, shouldn't make any noticeable difference, which I can't say uh, the same for vinyl. And that's because you have your needle going along the grooves and and the contact, the, the friction creating vibrations uh, produces the sound. Uh, that's really quite fascinating. Actually, mute your speakers and turn on a record and ever so faintly you'll hear music being produced. The modern turntable just converts those vibrations into a digital signal uh, to be amplified through your speakers. But sound is, is still being produced uh, apart from the speakers and that's why those horns that you see on those really old uh, record players work. So uh, plus five points on cool factor for vinyl. Uh, but the disadvantage is that any scratches or dust can be picked up by the needle or stylus, as it's called, uh, thereby altering the sound. So CDs produce a consistent sound. They're portable and they're cheap to produce and manufacture. A new CD goes for about half the price of a new vinyl record. Uh, vinyl is more of a you know, collector uh, niche market. As such, you can have more limited pressings and you can raise the prices. In contrast, there is a bit of a surplus of CDs out there. Lots of old music have been put on CD and new releases continue to be put on CD as well. Heck, when I put out my uh, first physical release for my music, I chose CD as the format for that reason. It's the most affordable and the most accessible. Most people still have a CD player, at least in their car. However, I'm aware that uh, some new vehicles are being manufactured without CD players which kills me inside. Uh, look, I get it, digital music is what most people are using these days, and most folks don't need a CD player, but you know, I'm not ready for that. Uh, I guess if you know the time comes when perhaps I'll have to, you know, I'll have to install a CD player myself. Uh, I mean, I have an iPod uh, touch that I can use for listening to music in my car as well, but streaming music in your car costs data and, you know, I don't want to pay for streaming service. So, you know, do you, but, uh, you know, this, that's, that's just how I feel about it. Uh, but yeah, CDs, CD is the, the format that I've had the most experience with. It gets the job done. If there's an album that I love, uh, that I feel that I need to own uh, a copy of and that I can't get on any other format, uh, then I'll get it on CD, but it's not my first choice. I just don't find CDs particularly interesting or exciting. Uh, the fact that a CD is going to sound exactly the same way I've heard it online can be nice and all, uh, but can it leave something to be desired? And remember how I said that physical music is all about the experience for me? Well, with CD, I don't feel like that. There's really a lot to experience other than the fact that I can uh, completely disconnect from the internet uh, and listen offline. I don't see much difference in the experience of listening to a CD uh, to listening to music online. Again, it sounds much the same. Uh, you simply pop it into the CD player and you're done. It's it's easy, but it's not the slow contemplative practice of taking the record out of the sleeve, carefully placing it on the platter, cleaning off the record, cleaning the stylus, and all those steps uh, and things before you even put down the, the needle and hear the music. Once you've finished uh, one side, you have to get up and uh, repeat those steps once again. 
it's a process which requires an, your undivided attention. And with such an, you know, an ADD uh, fast food microwave day and age that we live in, it's kind of nice to, you know, to have that change of pace. When you put a record on, you're committing to it. At the very least, you're going to listen to one side all the way through, no skipping songs. And that's why I mentioned at the beginning that I feel that uh, vinyl yeah, helped, you know, play a part and get me back into albums because I feel that this slow, this slow, deliberate process of listening to music has helped me to appreciate the albums more. So CDs are great. I have them. If you're uh, hoping to get uh, the lyrics, it's I find that's most likely that you'll get them uh, with the CD if the artist has made them available. Uh, but I would say that CD is my least favorite of the physical formats. On that note, I've never been a fan of jewel cases either. They, they feel so cheap to me and they crack far too easily. And if it breaks uh, somewhere on the hinges, that's that's just no fun. I've, I've noticed that uh, more CDs uh, are being released uh, with hard paper uh, packaging, which is great. Uh, it's more durable and it reminds me of the, the vinyl sleeves. Uh, to me, this should be the, the standard, but you know, it's not. Uh, I don't know why, uh, but you know, no, no one to, decided to consult me on this. So, uh, so yeah, that's the way it is. Now I said that I was going to talk about cassette tapes. If you made it thus far, I assume that you're on board, uh, you know where I'm coming from, but you know, at the mere mention of cassettes, I, I imagine someone who, you know, is listening is thinking, what the heck, Michael, why would you waste your money on cassettes? Have you succumbed to the fad and the nostalgia? And I'm aware that there are many videos and articles out there with titles like the cassette tape revival is pointless. And I, and believe me, when I say I completely understand by the time that I could remember CDs were already around, but I still had like two tapes and I was creating mixtapes as well. So I could take, you know, my music on the go, uh, via a portable cassette player. So I do remember, and it was, you know, a large part of how I experienced music in the earliest years, you know, it's what I had at the time. Uh, but did I think it was great? No, <laughs> I, I did not. I, I never remember it sounding very good. And you, you know, you had to bother with flipping and rewinding the tape. And if you can remember back, you likely had a somewhat similar experience. So why would I ever want to go back to it? Well, again, I was curious and wondering the same thing myself. And back around oh, 2015, when the cassettes, you know, had a little bit of a resurgence and I saw indie artists releasing their music on tape. It wasn't until the past year that I heard a compelling argument. I had begun following the YouTube channel uh, Vinylize, a channel as the name implies specializing in vinyl. However, in one video, the YouTuber Jarrett New talks about uh, cassette tapes and references a video by another channel, Techmoan, called uh, Cassettes Better Than You Don't Remember. <laughs> what a great title. And the argument that's made in a nutshell is you don't remember tapes sounding good because you likely listen to tapes and some low quality fashion. As I mentioned, I listened to tapes primarily as mixtapes, and I was creating mixtapes from CDs and even from radio. Uh, of course, that wasn't going to sound good, and the tape player I was using got the job done, but it likely wasn't you know, a quality one, as well as the tapes which I was uh, writing over. Imagine taking a photo, putting it up on a computer screen, and then taking a picture of it with an old flip phone camera. You know, that's that's kind of what it was like. So they said uh, that with uh, quality components, a quality uh, cassette deck, uh, 
cassette tape and speakers, that cassettes can actually sound quite good. And you know, that made sense to me. So with that, I was convinced enough to try it out for myself. So after plenty of research, I went onto eBay and bought myself the best value vintage deck I could find. I gave myself a budget of uh, $200, and then I had to get myself uh, some cassettes to play. And to my surprise, I had a bit of trouble getting my hands on some. Uh, the cassette deck was uh, set to arrive sooner than I expected, and I thought, oh, I can just go to a thrift store and uh, find some, uh, but no such luck. Uh, plenty of CDs and records, but no tapes. That is after going to a neighboring city, I found one uh, Habitat for Humanity Restore, uh, which fortunately had a small handful of tapes, and I'm talking like five, uh, but they were dirt cheap and I was just looking for something to play. You know, that wasn't just one of my, you know, old family's tapes. You know, I wanted something, you know, new. Uh, I still wanted sort of that experience of, of going and getting a uh, a piece of music and, and putting on and not knowing exactly what to expect. So, so uh, you know, that's what I did. And so I... You know, I grabbed two that looked the most interesting, not knowing what the music was like. And once home, I realized that I had uh, to perform a, a minor repair. Uh, and, I, and I do made a, a minor repair. Again, I'm not a tech guy, uh, but I thought it was worth mentioning that a prayer was needed just on there's like a little uh, pressure plate. But after that, I popped the first tape in and yeah, it, it sounded good. Uh, was it CD pristine quality uh, good sound? I would I would say no, but it absolutely sounded better than I remember. That is the tapes that I had listened to in the past. So with a satisfactory experience, I started buying more tapes. Like vinyl, I found that the sound quality uh, varies uh, from cassette to cassette. I got a used Orbit Angel tape off eBay uh, that I think sounds great. I love that tape. Uh, but I've also bought some tapes that have a bit of a, I just describe it as a bit of a compressed sound. You know, that's how I would describe it during the bass drops, uh, for example. Uh, like, it just doesn't sound clean. It sounds a bit distorted to me somehow. And on another used tape, again, need, uh, needed that uh, same small repair on the pressure plate. Uh, but also there was this uh, high-pitched uh, wearing sound. Fortunately, it did seem to mostly dissipate on further plays. And so I expect it had something to do with the mechanisms in the cassette that, that turn. Um, perhaps that had gotten a little stiff and just needed to be loosened up a bit. Uh, but again, you know, that's just another example of the inconsistency uh, that I have found. So there's a little bit of a gamble. Uh, but cassettes are cheaper than vinyl, so I feel there's, you know, there's there's much less of a disappointment there. And all the these tapes still sound fine. The cases feel much sturdier than CDs uh, as well. And to me, they're more interesting than the thin, uh, shiny donuts that CDs are. My tape deck uh, does have auto-reverse, so I don't have to flip the tape every time. I just have to take it and pop it in. But I still like handling a cassette, and after it's gone in, my tape deck has a little window on the door so I can see uh, the tape moving. And like a, a record, when I put on a tape, I feel like I'm committing to listening to it. Some of my tapes have a sizable gap of silence between the A and B side. And that's because there was a excess of, of playtime on the cassette and the tape hasn't been cut or spliced back together. So more tape than there was music. Uh, that's honestly been my biggest gripe with uh, some of my cassettes, but even, even that I don't think is, is such a big deal to me. 
So now I've surprised myself uh, since buying my cassette deck. I've been buying more cassettes than records. It probably makes sense that it's my, you know, it's my new toy and it's still exciting. Will it still capture the same excitement a year from now? I don't know. Uh, but as I mentioned, cassettes are cheaper than vinyl. So I feel like I can afford to buy more albums. And I like supporting independent artists in this way. And for some indie artists, cassette is the only format in which they've released their music. So if I want a physical copy, I have to buy it on cassette. And it's cool how versatile uh, cassettes are. If cassette was a blood type, it would be typo negative. You can record a CD, vinyl, an MP3, another cassette. You can get uh, music from pretty much any other format onto a cassette. I guess you can kind of do the same uh, with a CD as well, but I would need a, a way to burn music onto it, and I don't have a good way to do that anymore. But believe me, I was all about burning uh, some CDs back in the day. After buying a few pre-recorded tapes, I purchased a new blank cassette tape, and I recorded onto it a playlist that I had put together during my time in college. Lots of alternative pop and 80s inspired songs, so it felt really appropriate to play them on cassette. I felt really accomplished, honestly. I had to have all the right chords and adapters and equipment, and I had to figure out how to put it all together and make it work. I felt like I had solved this little tech puzzle, and listening to it was super nostalgic. And it's cool to think that I was introducing some of these songs to a format that they probably never even played on before. I felt like I was doing something really special and unique. But yeah, I never thought that I would go back to cassettes, and I definitely didn't think that it would be pretty much my main format that I play in 2021. And I'll be interested to see, you know, what happens in the, in the coming years. I noticed that I had a very different connection to vinyl when I first started than when I do now. I was getting whatever I could afford on vinyl, from new releases to old favorite albums. And over those years, my record collection has really grown. I found that there has become a bit less incentive to grow my collection because it's already grown so large. And I also consider that in the past, I think I either had more pockets of time in which I would sit down to listen to a record, or maybe when I would listen, I would be doing something else, either like homework or drawing or creating graphic designs on my computer. But I don't have homework now, and I'm not drawing as much, and I'm not creating as many designs at home either. And so I'm finding that there's fewer opportunities to sit down and listen. And when I do, it seems to be for shorter spans of time. And so I recognize now that that's likely the case for a lot of folks. You don't have the time to sit down and listen to a piece of music, and that's totally fair. And so that's where I find myself now. And as I mentioned, I felt that I had got burnt uh, with some of the records that I had purchased. I had bought an ambient soundtrack on the Skyrim video game, and there was so much surface noise on it that I barely consider it playable. Or I, I should say that I didn't want to play it uh, with how much you know, the noise there was on it. And similarly, that was the case with a record that I bought uh, for the Minecraft soundtrack. And then I had another record uh, sent overseas that took a, a good few months to get to me. And it had a, a gash <laughs> along one of my favorite tracks. Uh, so that was very disappointing. Uh, fortunately, I had only spent uh, $12 on it in total, you know, so, so, you know, that wasn't a huge loss. But, you know, what if I had spent more money on it? So with so many negative experience, it has become a bit of a turnoff. So all I have to say, cassette tapes for now seem to be uh, that sort of Goldilocks uh, that I'm looking for in a physical format that meets my current needs. Uh, but even though I have my preferences, I 
I still appreciate all the formats and I'll still put on a record or CD. I, I just find that I'm doing it less often lately. And I bought several blank cassette tapes and I've been enjoying putting albums on tape uh, that I can't get on physical format either uh, because they're not you know, either accessible or only released digitally. Dutch inventor and father of countless mixtapes, Lou Odens, also with his team at Philips, changed the world in 1963 by introducing a small portable way to play and record, the cassette tape. Odens passed on March 6 of this year, 2021, at the age of 94. Thank you, Lou, for creating this wonderful format. This episode is dedicated to you. I think I've been pretty honest about the pros and cons, and so hopefully it's clear that I'm not trying to sell anyone off physical music. Uh, maybe you have zero interest in getting into the hobby, uh, but uh, no matter who you are, I hope you have uh, still enjoyed hearing me talk about it, and maybe you now have a bit of a better understanding of why myself and so many others enjoy buying and listening to music on a physical format. And whether you're into collecting or not, let me know. If you were stranded on an island and you could only bring one album with you, what album would you bring? Very tough pick, I know, but if you have an answer, you could let me know. Perhaps maybe an album with many songs on it, like that High Violet album I mentioned. Well, as always, thank you for listening. Until next time, stay well and take care.